Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. That would be me. I just want to remind you that you were created by a loving God. You are of infinite value. God loves you, and he really wants to have a an intimate, personal relationship with you. Um, he wants to know you personally, and he loves you. And um, we have um, a God that has made an incredible sacrifice leaving heaven and dying on a cross for our sins. And it's time, maybe this time of year where you, you say, I have I have gratitude in my heart for all that God has done for me, but I, I have not gotten right with him. I've, I've grown up knowing God and talking about God and calling myself a Christian, but maybe I've never really come to a point where I have made a decision to follow Christ and... First John 1 John 1.9 says, If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You can make that decision today to say, Father, forgive me of my sin. I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection, and I want to put my trust and faith in you. Just uh, hearts filled with gratitude today. I hope you uh, enjoy this hour we've got coming up. David Miles is here in studio And you never know with David what's going to happen, but I always trust it's going to be quite amazing. So let's take 60 seconds and bring him on. We live in a connected world, but no advancement in technology can offer real peace, hope, or encouragement. You can use technology to stay connected to the true source of life, God, when you download the free Faith Radio Network app. The app allows you to listen to previously aired programs, read articles, and listen to the live stream. Search for Faith Radio Network in your app store to download the free Faith Radio Network app today. Jesus said that in this world there will be suffering, but we can take heart because Christ has overcome the world. Maybe you or a loved one are in a difficult season or have endured many years of suffering. You know the Bible is the source of truth, but how can it help you move beyond your suffering and find hope in Christ? The Beyond Suffering Study Bible, created by Johnny Erickson Tata of Johnny and Friends Ministry, provides insights through short devotionals, connection points, highlighting key verses, and more. Faith Radio is giving away one copy each week this month. Enter to win at MyFaithRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. David Miles is my guest in studio. He's pastor of Life Groups and Leader Development at New Hope Church um, in New Hope, Minnesota. Always glad to have David in the studio. He's uh, married to his wife, Tammy, four kids, and boy, does he love the Lord as we are getting ready to uh, start the holiday season. And, you know, sometimes you end up with uh, a little hole in your heart. Maybe you're busy doing a little bit of mourning, and you've got uh, someone at the table that would normally be there who isn't. And, David, you've done such a beautiful job of uh, letting us know about the passing of your mother two years ago to the day, the great hope you have to be 
with your mom through all eternity is a great comfort, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, I just finished reading in my chronological study Bible, that Bible I told you about by Tyndale, um, came to Revelation. And, uh, you know, it talks about rejoicing in heaven. It talks about a new heaven and new earth. It talks about no tears. And so for me, um, two years today ago, my mom went home to be with the Lord. And it's uh, it's really sweet, and it's really special. And I wouldn't want her to come back uh, as she's experiencing the joys of of uh, of heaven. Um, God gave a grace gift, and actually two. Um, a couple of months before she passed, I had a conference I was doing in, in Dayton on discipleship with some guys, Pastors Legacy Ministry Group of pastors, and we would put on a conference on discipleship. So I went down and I was able to see my mom and had a great visit with her. But about a month later, I got a phone call from family that her health had had deteriorated quite quickly. And my, my uncle said, I, I think, you know, we're losing your mom. And so I hopped a flight. And I remember I was trying to decide, you know, leaving that evening, leaving, and leaving, going at all, and came to the conclusion I just need to go. And so I hopped a flight, I believe, early the next morning. And I guess if I want to say something on that point is this. Um, if our listeners or anyone is going through a situation where your family member is sick and you're trying to decide, do I take the trip, do I not take the trip, take the trip. And as a pastor, I've sat across the table and had conversations with people who have had the regret of saying, I should have gone, but I didn't go. And you'll pay more in that than you ever will in the amount of the ticket that you pay to go. And I ended up having this really neat blessing by uh, this going. And uh, so I took the trip to uh, Santana, Kentucky, and that's the town my mom grew up in. Uh, we're from North Dakota, but she went down for a family reunion and it got sick and progressively was getting sicker. So, um, but they had changed some things with their medication, and she had recovered. And one day I was sitting there uh, in a chair, and she was in the bed, and and I was doing some work, and I, I hear my mom said, David, I'm fine. And I said, oh, I said, you mean like the, the temperature in the room and stuff like that? And my mom started laughing, and you have to understand, my mom had this laugh that was so pure. She had the laugh that you loved making her laugh because when she laughed, it made you laugh all the more. <laughs> and uh, I remember being in college one time, and I called home, and one of my friends from my youth group, Tim St. John, was visiting, and he picked up the phone, and I said, Tim, he goes, hey, Dave. I said, what are you doing at my house? He goes, I came to see your mom. I said, What? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm here making her laugh. It's just fun to make her laugh and laugh with her. And I could hear in the background just roaring. So I thought that, so she let out that laugh. And, and I said, oh, I said, you're fine, fine. And she said, yeah, I'm fine, fine. And I said, well, Mom, I said, I've always sought to honor you and Dad and the Lord. And I said, and I've always wanted the best for you. And the best is Jesus. So how could I want anything less than that? And I said, so if you're ready to go home, that's completely cool. 
I mean, that's, that's great. And I said, we'll be fine. The Lord will take care of us. And um, so she had recovered in that, and I, I flew back home. Um, it would be about three weeks later that I got a phone call that my mom had, again, really like bottomed out, and they're like, "It's it's it's probably time." So, so me and Tammy, the kids, we hopped in our car, our van, and we drove to Kentucky. And, um, you know, she had had been non-responsive. My uncle had had shared, and uh, and one night they were singing. My uncles were incredible um, vocalists, uh, and they were singing. And my mom actually said, "Sit me up." sit me up, and they're like, whoa. And, like, even, like, the medical staff, because she had been non-responsive, and so they sat up, and she sang, and they prayed over her, and good. And then she went non-responsive. And so we arrived uh, a day or so later, and she had not, so came in, and she had not been speaking. She had just been laying there resting. And so so I walked up, and I, I whispered some things in her ears and just said, Mom, I'm here. I love you. And I started singing to her. And she opened her eyes and looked at me. She said, David? And I said, hi, Mom. And we talked a little bit. And uh, she was struggling with words. But it was sweet because um, the kids were able to see Grandma. And Tammy was able to talk and hug and love her. And and our kids were close to her, especially my daughter, Taylor. um, Deeply, deeply um, loves Mrs. This is her grandma, and uh, but after that she was non-responsive until she went home to be with the Lord on the twenty-six two years ago, and uh, I'm super grateful for the gospel. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road, and the truth of the hope uh, that we have, not only in the cross but in the resurrection. Um, you know, we, we often joke on the station and we laugh about, um, (laughs) just love of scripture and my love of scripture and my, my often beat up Bible and highlighted Bibles, but that came, um, all of my, a lot of my marked up Bibles are because of my mom. And, uh, when I was in junior high one time, I remember something Happened. I'd been reading my Bible, and I was possibly in trouble for something, and my mom was talking, and I got upset, and I had my Bible in my hand, and I threw it down, and she was like, whoa. She goes, uh-uh, pick that up. She goes, that is going to be the thing that guides you through your life and gives you the wisdom of God and that he will lead and love you through that. Pick that up. And that just stuck me, and and and, and so much because my mom— loved the word and encouraged me in it and challenged me. I think that's so much that when I look at my Bibles that are beaten up or duct taped, I think of, of my mom just encouraging me in the word and to hold to the word. And so so it's it's been two years and we're heading into the holidays. And, you know, guys, this the holidays... Um, Sometimes they're not always happy holidays. And um, one of my very close friends from Ohio is a captain for the police department in Xenia. And he used to say, Dave, you know, that's, along with other friends of mine in, in law enforcement, would say, 
we see a number of upticks in domestic calls during the holidays. And, uh, you know, we're heading into this season. And I, and I think we need to be reminded of God's incredible grace, of, of the incredible things that God has done in the gospel. And I guess even to be encouraged to, to step towards conversations, even when they're hard. I'm so grateful for the conversations that I had with my mom. And, and death does separate temporary. So some of the conversations that people may be thinking about having, it, it, it's, it's easier to have them when the person's living than, than to wait and then afterwards constantly say, man, I really should have had this conversation. I really should have had this conversation. And so I think that's, that's a beautiful thing about um, relationships and the gospel and us stepping in towards people and loving and remembering as we go on this holiday. David Miles is my guest, and we're going to take a little break. We'll come back. We're going to continue uh, our discussion with David. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. So glad I have a chance to uh, chat with David Miles as we are getting ready to uh, start the holiday season. And, you know, sometimes you end up with uh, a little hole in your heart. Maybe you're busy doing a little bit of mourning and you've got uh, someone at the table that would normally be there who isn't. And, you know, everybody mourns differently. And, uh, David, you've done such a beautiful job of uh, letting us know about the passing of your mother two years ago to the day. And um, we all have that place in our heart where the grace and mercy of God comes in and, and encourages us and fills us. And the great hope you have to be with your mom through all eternity is a great comfort, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, I'm grateful for the gospel. And I'm also grateful for the community uh, of God. And, you know, during these holidays, I think another important thing that uh, comes to mind is the body of Christ loving the body of Christ through this season. And what I what I mean by that is my mom went home to be with the Lord two years ago. My dad had went home to be with the Lord in 2001. And I remember talking to my mom and just kind of sometimes like, how are you doing? And, and like, what do you miss? And she would say, you know, I miss just your dad's presence. And I think another maybe tender place of the heart right now for the holidays for us to think about is about our widows and our widowers. Mm-hmm. And um, to be thinking about as they walk through uh, this season. And, you know, oftentimes um, we don't realize just even with the, the, the way society has changed and family lives in so many different places of the disconnect that people feel and even the loneliness that people can feel. Um, a, a good friend of ours that we live with when her husband actually got Lou Gehrig, a gal named Miriam Neff, and she's an author and speaker. She actually started a ministry called widowconnection.com and .org, uh, but to work with widows. And she would even note that, 
it had been noted that most widows within the first year lose 75% of their friends. And so, and she thought because of her involvement in work in, in Christian ministry, her husband was the executive um, director, the only one at that time of Moody Broadcasting before he went home to be with the Lord from from um, that. And so knew a number of people, but even that relationship pool, that shrinks. And so I think coming alongside and loving um, people, and sometimes here's one of the things, with painful things on the holidays, sometimes we're afraid to ask questions of people. One, because we're like, well, I don't want to bring that up. Well, in that person's mind, it's never went away. <laughs> yeah. And number two, why well, don't want to make them cry without realizing that tears are part of the healing. And so sometimes during the holidays, stepping towards people and loving them is huge. And, and sometimes with widows or widowers, I'll ask them things like, tell me about your husband. Tell me about your wife. What do you miss most about him? And usually I'll say, there's probably a plethora of things that you miss, but what are several things that you miss about them? And let them talk. Or asking them simple things that I don't have, like, tell me about their hair. Was it fine? Was it bushy? What mm-hmm. color were their eyes? Mm-hmm. How did you meet? What were some of the idiosyncrasies and things that you loved about them? You know, tell me about your story. And let people share. Because scripture itself is sharing a story. And so um, stopping and sitting down and really listening to one another. And that's sometimes what, as we talk about the not-so-happy holidays, and sometimes the conflict is because we're not listening to one another. We're really not slowing down to hear one another. And so these are ways to really bring healing to relationships. Um, Bill of not... What typically happens is I listen long enough to hear you take a breath so that I can say what I've been wanting to say mm-hmm. versus listening to really listening and then actually following up to say, I heard you say this. Do I have this correct? And so. I mean, it's a great point, David, that you make, because if you sit and wait and don't say a word until you're absolutely convinced the person talking has finished their thought. You're going you're gonna to find that they're going to walk away going, this is one of the best conversations I've ever had with you. Mm-hmm. And it's because you didn't jump in. You know, oftentimes we carry on parallel monologues. Yes. I'm not listening. I'm just waiting for you to take your breath so I can start talking over you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that really is. And, and so scripture would tell us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry, you know, and going into the holidays in that way. And that, that's one of the beautiful things um, even as we're covering um, in our prison letters at Northwestern right now. We've been in the book of Ephesians. We're now in Colossians. And as you step towards the holiday, because we're in God's family, like Ephesians 4 says, we put off falsehood. We speak the truth with our neighbor because we're members of one, one body. We're angry, but we don't sin. We don't let the sun go down on our anger. We don't... We don't we don't hold a grudge. We don't allow the devil to set up Motel 6 in our life. And so there's various ways. And probably the big one as we step towards the holidays is just really living out Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's beautiful. And I think 
being kind and tender-hearted are is an expression we should just bury in our hearts as we go into the holidays. Be kind. Uh, we, we seem to lack a lot of kindness in the world, don't we? Uh, tender-hearted, being compassionate, trying to help carry another person's burden a little bit, even stepping into their uncomfortable space where you say, tell me about your wife or your husband that they've lost. And it might be a little uncomfortable for you. You know, they might get overwhelmed. They might start to cry and you know, but the fact that you have engaged them in their memories mm-hmm. is very helpful, isn't it? Yeah. And one of the things we tend to forget is that every day we're walking past miracles. I mean, when we stop and think that each person is a once in eternity creation, there will never be another one of you, Rebecca, another one of you, Bill, for all of eternity. Ever. And then God sent in his only son to shed his eternal blood. And if you spend time listening, you will, you'll find out the most incredible things. I remember a couple of years ago, um, my father-in-law, neat man, um, um, not a lot of words. So when he speaks, it really, really matters. But there was one Christmas where we were sitting and we were going around and talking. And in the midst of asking questions, he shared this part of his history, part of his past, part of his childhood. And like, even when my wife thinks about that, it brings her to tears because there was things that she learned that she didn't know that were just so sweet and so tender and so powerful as he recalled this memory as a child. But that wouldn't be possible if we don't slow down to take time to listen to one another and really, you know, mine for the gold and the the precious rubies of what's in that person's heart that they may want to share. They're just not sure does anyone care enough to listen. And Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So there's always uh, Satan's approach would be, you're going to be left, you're going to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. And people deal with loneliness and the fear of no one caring. And that's absolutely not true. It's not true. And probably one of the most powerful scriptures that we know uh, is Hebrews 13.5. And in Hebrews 13.5, it has this saying where it says, you know, don't, don't fear. Um, here it is. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. But what I love about that promise in uh, that I will never leave you nor forsake you in the ancient language, it's what's called a subjunctive may. It's the strongest form of negation. So it literally reads like this. I will never know not ever leave you, mm-hmm. nor never know not ever forsake you. A little bit of a tongue twister. David Miles is my guest. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, lots more.
Welcome back to the show. David Miles is my guest in studio. He's pastor of Life Groups and Leader Development at New Hope Church um, in New Hope, Minnesota. Always glad to have David in the studio. He's uh, married to his wife, Tammy, four kids, and boy, does he love the Lord, and he loves God's Word, and every time he comes into the studio, I'm reminded of just how much his heart beats for the love of Jesus and his desire to share the hope that he has with others. And I appreciate the story, David, of your mom, and she is in her prime of her life right now, right? Being in glory. She is uh, very much in the prime of her Mm -hmm. life and is definitely um, in her glory. You know, Bill, one of the things that really struck me um, in one of the last conversations that that I was having with my mom— was not only just her joy of seeing Jesus, but in a way that I hadn't heard people say before, she just said, David, I just long to see my Heavenly Father. Just something very just sweet about it. I just want to to see Him. And, uh, you know, we haven't even hit Black Friday, but for the believer, we have the must-have gift of eternity. And there's no need for... Salvation in Jesus 2.0 or Heaven version 11. I'm like, we we have this in Christ. And I guess one of the things that's interesting today and in, in the prison letters class I teach at the university, we were actually discussing um, how Paul talked about suffering. And we know like in, in, in Philippians, Paul would talk about joy. And Paul's talking about joy as he's chained to an officer in a jail. And... Uh, and that's one of the things that the gospel, it gives us. I mean, like, you know, um, no fear of death, no fear of man. Um, you know, the, the hymnist says that, you know, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. I mean, like, how powerful is that? And it allows us to step towards conversation because um, you don't know how long you you have uh, with with individuals and stuff. So making the most of every day, as it says in Ephesians. Um, you know, there's a, there's a song, and it's probably not one that someone would think of, and it's, it's an old 80s song by a band called Mike and the Mechanics. And the song was called In the Living Years. And... Uh, you know, um, the chorus goes, say it loud, say it clear. You can listen as well as you hear. It's too late when we die to admit we don't see eye to eye. And it's basically a story of this guy sharing how one generation would look at the other and not understand. Um, but just the reminder to speak to one another, to talk to one another, uh, to love one another, um, my, my fear sometimes for people is that we would walk into the holidays, sit in the same rooms, have conversations, but not have critical conversations, and leave those settings, and then go talk to someone and say, man, you know, Bill, I don't understand why she did that, to which I normally say to people, well, did you ask them? <laughs> okay? Because if... If you're asking me, I can only give you speculation. If you talk to that individual, they can give you revelation of what they're thinking. Plus, 
if you have another question, they can actually follow that up substantially. And and my my concern for people is that sometimes there's a misunderstanding or there's a, I thought that you were thinking or I thought you meant this, and the conversation isn't had. And you go years and years and years without it. Um, I know of a situation where where individuals, they were thinking that there was something going on and they'd never really talked about it. And actually through a communion message, this person felt the Lord saying, I need to write a letter to this person and just say, here's what I'm thinking. So they did. And they got a response from the person's wife. And it was a family member. And they said, you know, your brother's grieved by this because there was never an issue between us. And literally for about 15 years, the person was under the impression that they had did something and there was nothing there. Wow. And so that's my heartbeat even as we go into this holiday season that people would step towards one another in love and humility and, and yeah. have those conversations. David, how do you pick an opening when there's never seems to be an opening? You know how you get into a, a family situation and you know the drill and you know the traditions and you can't bring it up during the social hour because everybody's really loud and everyone's talking and slapping each other on the back and and then dinner gets too intense. So mm-hmm. when is that opening where you have these critical conversations? You know, sometimes it's making them. Sometimes it's just saying, hey, can, can I... Just- can we chat for a moment or even saying, can we get together and have a conversation or, um, you know, Bill, sometimes an opportunity comes and we're afraid, which is natural. And, uh, and so we'll actually let the the opportunity pass. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I guess being prayerful and asking God to open a door for you I remember like Paul, you know, he would pray in in Colossians chapter 4, and he would say, you know, Colossians uh, 4.6 or 4.2, continue steadfast in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to himself, but also to bring reconciliation among man, and it brings joy to the Father to see that. So sometimes praying that God would open a door for you to have this conversation and to go in not seeking to be right, but seeking really to understand. And sometimes it's like, help me understand. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing to say. You know what, Bill, help me understand this. And sometimes being willing to say, you know what, I love you enough to have this conversation. You mean that much to me. I know that this may not have gone this way before, but I really want to try. I mean, that's one of the things I said to my brother in a conversation, just saying, you know what, our parents are gone, our sister's gone. It's just the two of us. And so whatever, if there's an issue or there's something on your mind or something bothering you, then we need to talk through that. And so... Sometimes we have to be proactive in it with wisdom and tact and care. Mm -hmm. And that might be part of the the wrestle because there is this natural flow of traditions and customs. 
but stepping towards something and asking God to help you to step towards it. And the plan to pray in advance is also giving God a chance to prepare your heart in addition to the conversation that is going to possibly happen. Yeah. And because, you know, you take a world or a lifetime of history into a discussion with a, a brother or a sister, and so you've got a lot of history hanging over your head. So God's got to do his work in order to make this thing come out right. Yeah, and you you might not, you may be amazed at the interaction that happens, you know. So, for example, uh, when Tammy and I were in seminary, we had an unplanned trip back to North Dakota. Um, we I was asked to do a message uh, for Easter at their, their church, their pastor had, had gone. And we had made a, a stop. We flew into Fargo. Well, my dad was down uh, at the VA, staying and having tests. And I would have a conversations with my dad. My dad had said that he came to the Lord at a young age, got involved in the military, and then had, through a number of things, had just walked away, didn't like hypocrisy in the church and a whole bunch of different things. And so he and I would talk, and he, he wasn't really wanting to, to hear me out. And, uh, you know, and, and it, and I would say to him, dad, I'll honor, always honor you in the Lord. I said, I'll honor you by telling you the truth of the gospel and I'll seek to do it with respect. Um, so we had this trip, wasn't planned. And about a week or two before it happened, there was a guy in one of the ministries at Trinity that I was in and he came back from school and he was in tears because his 83 year old father had come to Christ been praying. And I remember him looking at me and he's saying, David, don't give up hope. Continue to pray. Continue to press in. Well, we had this trip and, and I went to visit my dad and, and we were talking, walking through some things and um, walked through the VA and it was time to leave. And so I prayed with my dad and uh, Tammy and I did and, and, and we left. And I remember going down the stairs and I walked into the bathroom and I was feeling sad because I'm like, I'm going to go back to Chicago. My dad's health is so-so. And while I was in the bathroom, the Lord just laid and pressed upon me. He said, David, go back and ask your dad if he wants to rededicate his life to me. And I was sitting there like, oh, okay. Now, one of my mentors had did uh, a course. He was talking about godly leadership, biblical leadership. And he talked about four things. He talked about uncommon communion, Holiness is a handicap. Um, I'm forgetting one. I'm radical and immediate obedience and servanthood as an identity, not an action. And when the Lord laid that on me, the thought of radical and immediate obedience came to mind. And so I walked out and I told Tammy and her folks, go to the car, I'll catch up with you guys. And I walked upstairs and I came in the room and I said, hey, Dad. And he says, hey. And I said, I know that we just talked and we just, you know, prayed and stuff and we're leaving. He goes, but the Lord laid on my heart to come back and ask you, do you want to rededicate your life to Christ? Are you ready to come home? And my dad looked at me and he said, yes. I wasn't ready for that answer. I was ready more for like an argument. And so like I kind of stumbled through a very scriptural thing on the gospel, as much Jesus in the gospel and not me. Mm. And I got done. I was, I was just like, so dad, do you understand this? This makes sense. He said, yeah. And I said, well, I said, you know, you can, you know, prayer is talking with the Lord. I'm like, you can ask him in, into your life. You can do that. By, and he looked at me and said, would you pray? And I could just repeat after you. 
Okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so I did. As little less of me as possible. I got done. I was still so shocked. I looked at him and I said, like, like, do you, like, is this you? Do you mean this? I said, you're not, like, doing this for, for me. He goes, no. And I said, this is from your heart. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, based upon the empty tomb and the promises of God in Scripture, I said, and the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I said, you're forgiven. He's your child. I said, welcome home. And then Bill, a month later, as I was getting ready to go home after studies, I got a phone call. My dad had died of a massive heart attack. So the last time I was physically present with my dad, walked back to Calvary. What a memory. Oh, my. David Miles is my guest, uh, life groups and leader development pastor at uh, New Hope Church. We'll take a little break and we'll be right back. You just can't get agreement in this presence. We all talk a different language, talking in defense. Back to the show. David Miles is my guest in studio, life groups and leadership development pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota, and is also a professor here at the University of Northwestern. So when I can get him in studio and he comes uh, to campus to teach, it's always great to connect with him. And we're just talking about the the beauty of the holidays, the desire we should have to be kind and tender-hearted toward one another, to be sensitive to other people's needs, to try to meet them where they're at try to love them where they're at, and the promise that uh, that we'll never be left or forsaken, David, out of Hebrews 13. What verse is that? That's verse 5. Okay. And of and course, six. yeah, I love Deuteronomy 31, 6. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. One of the things that we, we really struggle with is is that, that fear of rejection. And when we think about that, the most important person in time and eternity in Christ loves us, uh, it's strong. But not only that, what I, what I like to say that in Christ, we are fully known, fully loved, with no fear of rejection. We're fully known that God knows us better than we know ourselves, And knowing everything about us that we don't even know about ourselves in Christ, we're fully loved. And he fully loves everything that we fully don't know about ourselves. Because what do we say? Well, you know what, Bill, if you really got to know me, you wouldn't what? Love me. Mm-hmm. Right. But God fully knows us and he fully loves us in Christ. And because of that, there's not a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And God's not a man that he should lie. And so when we have that starting place of that being our identity in him, that helps us to step out and have conversations. It, it, it helps us to step out and to engage. And where we lack, he's calling us to press into him so that, yeah, we have our ordinary, but when God adds his extra, it becomes what? Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And then he's able to glorify his name because we can say to ourselves, you know what, I know that I'm going to see this person 
I'm not sure if I can really step towards this conversation. And it's like, Lord, give me the love for this person and for your glory. Because, Jesus, you died and you said you wanted to make your church one. So give me your love for this person and give me courage and give me the words to say. And as my wife would say, give me the the tone, because Tammy will say to the kids, it's not so much what you say, but also how you say it. So saying, God, give me the right tone to be able to speak to this person, to to slow down and to be to be patient and um, you know to to make the most of the opportunity and to try. And it, it may it may go the way you want it, it may not go the way you mm-hmm. want it. But here's the one thing, you won't know unless you actually step towards that conversation. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, like with my dad. You don't know how God is already working in that person's life. I mean, we pray regularly for the show. I pray for you guys in the credible ministry. But you don't know what message that your loved one has heard yesterday on KTIS and how the Holy Spirit has been stirring that in his heart or her heart and promising what he said in his word that my my word will not return void but will accomplish its purposes. So because there's no openings on the Trinity and you're not God, you don't know how God might be working in that person's life so that when you guys actually come to have this conversation, the things that God is already doing. And if he leads you to have the conversation, do it. If he says wait, then you trust him to wait as well. What about for those of us, David, with slightly thicker skulls, and we we hear that God knows us completely and loves us completely, and sometimes that message doesn't get through. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's so true what you just said a couple minutes ago, that God knows us completely, and Mm -hmm. the idea that if you get to know any person uh, well enough, they might reject you. And so there's all kinds of filters that people put on each other and barriers and uh, keep people at a distance. But God knows us completely, loves us completely, sent Christ to die for us. And we should be stepping out into the world with that confidence. Yeah. And I, I think one of the beauties is that that God's not done with us. And so even the process and work of grace in his life of forming us, there's this beautiful passage that's also sweet. It's Second Peter. I think it's Second Peter. It talks about the things that God has given us, and I'm trying to get there. It has, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. This is First Peter chapter 1. And here's this grace-mercy part of it. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the part that Peter puts in that, and are increasing. The idea that none of us have arrived, and God is continually at work in our lives. So we might be thick-headed now, but as we continue to, (laughs) to press into him and ask God to transform us, he softens that heart. And it's understanding what's going on. Dr. Brene Brown, who writes a lot on 
vulnerability. She's, she said something to the effect that if you spend enough time with anyone, you'll hear stories that will bring you to tears or will bring you to your knees. And so we're all kind of on this process, and God and grace keeps growing us. I think that's why Peter says, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I guess for those who are more dense-headed, continue to plug into God's Word and let God's Word transform and to renew that mind, all of us with our dense-headed mind. And, you know, Bill, we're all inclined to swallow a stupid pill from time (laughs) Mm -hmm. to time, or as some would say, get stuck on stupid. Yeah. And so... We need God's work in our life. And again, this points back to the need of the body, as us being a body, of being in community with one another. And so that's huge. Mm-hmm. Boy, David, it's uh, it's such a reminder to be willing and ready to be good listeners and to have your heart turned to uh, minister to people because there is so much brokenness. Mm-hmm. And... I stopped at a store today to buy a shovel because I I hear that there's some storm coming. I've heard, I heard that. something about 12 inches or feet of snow. I, don't, I can't remember which one it was. That's called a dusting in North Dakota. Oh, yeah, all right, North Dakota, <laughs> where you're from. And I handed this uh, cashier my credit card. She said, she said, oh, Bill, that's such a good name. I said, oh, thank you. Uh, she, she said I had a brother named Bill. And I said, did you get along well with them? And she said, oh, yeah, we, we got along great. And did you say you had a brother? She goes, yeah, he died from alcoholism. And I, I said, I'm so sorry that he wasn't able to get on the other side of that. And she said, yeah, and I lost my husband two years ago. But I, I have to just keep going. I have to just keep going. And I thought, well, there is so many opportunities within a short amount of time that we have on this earth to have honest connections, and help people wherever they're at in their journey. I just left and said, you know, God bless you and, and your week, and thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Well, there's there's something that's really helpful that I've found in having conversations. Actually, one of my heart's desires to remember people that I, I met and even their names because God led them to give them their names and to learn about their stories and everyone has a story, whether they know the author of their story yet mm-hmm. or not. Right. And people really long to tell their story. So sometimes for me and trying to remember people, I didn't realize this until several years ago. I came across a couple that did uh, business training um, and they were Christians and kind of speaking. And But hearing something, I realized this is actually how I would remember people. And it's something called form and sign. I knew kind of form, it, it helped me to understand the categories, but it's friends, occupation, recreation, and message. And the sign part was something I hadn't heard before, and that was listening for strength, interest, goals, and needs. And and not for the sake of like building your business, but really understanding image bearers. And so sitting down and asking people about family, you know, tell me a little bit about your family. You know, are you oldest, middle, youngest of how many children? Letting people share your share their story and you will find out things occupation like what do you what do you do like what do you what do you enjoy most about this you'll find out about a person's strengths and their interests what do you find most challenging about it you'll find out a person's goal of trying to positively resolve something and a need but message part sometimes it's just simply can i pray for you or can i help connect you with someone who can help you Mm -hmm. and and bill 
it's amazing just in asking questions. By the way, this is an introvert's dream. It really is, because sometimes people are like, what do I say? It's like, well, Jesus knew everything, and yet he asked questions. And it's asking questions and allowing people to share. And there's been times where I've met someone, and I've just started to talk with them. Um, there was a, a family in Ohio that my assistant wanted me to meet, and they came in, and I basically just asked, tell me a little bit about your family. Like, what, what's bringing you guys down here? And the gal said, well, I have a brother and a sister, and then she just started sobbing. And she goes, I'm taking care of my family because my, my mom just died. Mm. We had only got to family. So then my message after listening to them unpack, I just looked at her. I said, do you mind if I pray for you about this, this, and this? And they're looking at me like, you do that? And But what am I praying about? I'm praying about what I listen to them share. Mm-hmm. Boy, David, you've given us a lot of things to think about. And thank you for coming in and sharing all of this. This is uh, a lot of your heart and a lot of uh, great things to think about and pray about as we uh, getting ready to spend a wonderful season of holidays, hopefully joyful ones with family and friends and uh, it's just great to see you again it's great to see you guys as well thank you thank you so much david miles has been my guest he's the life groups and leader development pastor at new hope church great hour i hope you've had a uh, great day today as you uh, head home tonight uh, if you're stuck in weather be careful uh, winter is here so be careful and as you lay your head on that pillow just know that god's working out his great great plan in your life i'll see you tomorrow Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.